Warning, this audio recording is rated for mature audiences only and contains extremely foul language such as cock, tits, fuck, douchebag, or moist. The podcast you are about to listen to does not reflect the views, opinions, or values of the TrendingTopicsNetwork.com or even the podcasters on this show themselves. We always want to remind you that you should always drink responsibly and never drink and drive. Abandon all hope, ye who listens. I like beer cause it is good I drink beer because I should If there was a song to sing I sing it and beer you bring I drink beer when I am sad Cause the beer it makes me glad Now there's nothing left to say So let's go drink beer Beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! And some beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! Let's go drink some beer! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside, the podcast. Tonight, coming live to tape from the hellscape known as Planet Pestilence, joining me. I'm your not-so-humble host, Carp, who is once voted most likely to catch hepatitis from a transsexual prostitute. Joining me in this episode, we have the man who's single-handedly financially backing the Jewish space lasers, C-Money. Uh, oi. The man who puts Kung in Kung Flu, Mixed Master Fail. Hey, hey. And Captain Q, a non-old school. Uh, please stop doing that. I'm not. I'm not a part of a terrorist organization. So QAnon's not terrorist. Yeah. Proud Boys are terrorists. Uh, regardless, I would not like to be associated with that. Thank you very much. So this is all beer inside, where we used to be able to get together and enjoy some beers together. However, that is not an option as to where we live. Uh, so what we're going to do is share some virtual beers, and we're going to start with old school. So we've got out of. Uh, what's the name of it here? Um, I don't know. Is it on the- <laughs> <laughs> What? what? Okay. No, it's like, a, it's, like an Ita- <laughs> it's like an Italian. No, but it's like the brewery. It's not clear. Are you making this? Oh, up? here we go. Here we go. Bira Fanelli. It's an Italian Quebec uh, brewery. And this is, I'm <laughs> that drinking. sounds like the most made up name of a beer. <laughs> I am beer drinking Fanelli. a beer. <laughs> no, beer that, that's the Italy. name of the brewery. The that's brewery's- not the name of the oh, okay. brewery's Bira Fanelli. The beer is Biratella. It's a Nutella stout. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's actually quite nice. It's not. I was expecting it to maybe be a bit sweeter, but it's it's quite well balanced. You get a bit of the the hazelnut, the chocolate, and uh, it's very smooth. I give it a three point two five. Very cool. See uh, money. What you drinking? Uh, so shout out to um, Charlie and to Mixmaster Phil here for picking this up for me. But from Sawdust City Brewing Company, I'm drinking Viva La Stout Chocolate Raspberry Cookie Stout. So ah yes, um, it is actually for, for it's it's a Canadian cookie, right? So Americans listening to this might not have tried the whole like Viva brand uh, of these cookies, but it, it is fucking delicious. Uh, IBU is 25, and I think I brought this up on a previous show, but the SRM, which is basically the 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 lightness of the beer or the the, the color of the beer, and it's it's got an SRM of 40. So if you actually go ahead and look on the chart for SRM, it's literally the darkest fucking beer that you can have. But it's absolutely fantastic. I give this a solid 4.5. Ooh, Phil, what you drinking? Coming from Toronto, uh, Shacklands Brewing Company. Uh, they're Fuzzier Peach Brett IPA, some a mix that 
I don't think a lot of people have uh, attempted. Oh, it's good. It's uh, nice and peachy. Um, nice, uh, nice mix of hops and uh, and sour. Um, really liking it a lot. Uh, Three point seven five. Very cool. I have from Brasserie Harakana in Montreal. Uh, eleven eleven. Make a wish. It's a Kvike IPA, six percent ABV. Uh, it's a Kvike IPA. It's a little hazy, very tropical, very tasty. All right, gentlemen, uh, virtual. I toast. Pass the Kvike A. No, it didn't work. No, it's uh, if the glass is too going to hear like a glass yeah. shatter. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, God, I'm bleeding everywhere. Oh, my God. Well, I forgot to get my rating. It's a 3.75. It's the, the articles like we usually do. Starting from ratebeer.com, they named their best awards for 2020. Uh, we're just going to do a short list here. So we're going to start with the list of the new brewer awards for the year 2020. These are your top 10 brand new breweries. Uh, in the world, according to ratebeer.com. Number one, out of New York City, New York, we have Timber Ales. I believe they're actually a contract brewer. Uh, let's see what Untapped has to say. Timber Ales so is a microbrewery. There's no description. And there's only about 38,000 logins over the last year. Next, we have New Barnes Brewery from Edinburgh, Scotland, which I don't think any of us are hitting anytime soon until the world is no longer on fire. Number three, coming out of Canada, actually not far from us, Cinquième Baron, Fifth Baron from Gatineau, Quebec, Canada. So that's a pretty good start for a brand new brewery being number three in the world of new breweries, which I don't even know how many they estimate have opened. Um, they don't even say so. But uh, we've all had beers from Cinquième Baron or Fifth Baron. All solid beers. You guys? Don't recall. Oh, I got. Don't don't think I've had anything from them yet. No. Uh, I've had I, I've had one or two. No, they're they're uh, no, it's great. Yeah, they have very simple can designs. Uh, simple beer names like mixtape, broken cue, Celeste or Celeste, so Celestial, Two Tails Pills, mixtape green, mixtape red, things like that. Uh, great beers. Uh, number four, we have the LHG Brew Pub in Bristol, Gloucest- Gloucestershire, England. I'm sure I butchered that. <laughs> that sounds like a sauce. It's, it's Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire? <laughs> okay, they're Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> no, it's not. Wor- no, it's pronounced Worcestershire. <laughs> uh, that's number four. Number five, also from Canada. Interview uh, from the All Beer Inside YouTube channel. Third Moon Brewing Company in Milton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, these guys are awesome, and their beer is pretty fantastic. Uh, I believe Phil can attest to that as well. They're they're killing it, and uh, I'm sort of jealous every time I, I look at their uh, social media, and they have like a new beer every week or so. It's like yeah, that it's kind of ridiculous. Usually sells out. <laughs> as in, when we showed up, he's like, "Yeah, here's the only four beers we have available right now." Oh, sad. Jeez. They ran they, out of what was it? The maples, the maple stout that we wanted. Yeah, there was a maple stout, and they pre-sold uh, all their black, black is beautiful beer. It was pre-sold yeah, out. Those, those, so. wow. those were the two we wanted when we, uh, <laughs> we were doing the interview, and they were like, "Nope, we we're sold out." <laughs> yeah, sorry. Did they get a good price for the bottles? Sorry, what's that? Forget it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, number six, Bro War Gwarik from Lubin, Poland. <laughs> it would have been better if it was Bro Wars. <laughs> Uh, Poland, they just opened the door for the Nazis back in the 30s. 
Number seven, full circle brew. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Number seven, full circle brew co from Newcastle upon Tyne, Tyne and Ware, England. So one, two. Okay. Number eight, shirt throw brewing company, Richmond, Virginia, USA. Number nine, Alpha Delta short, Brewing. Short. I said short, short throw brewing, not shirt. Oh, it I sounded said, like you said shirt. Oh. Shirt, shirt throw brewing sounds <laughs> better throw. too. We should, yeah. open, we should open shirt throw yeah, across just the to, street. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but we have uh, we have the the t-shirt cannons available. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Just, just blasting them. Just fucking like assaulting people with t-shirt cannons. <laughs> They're waiting in line for the beer across the street and just start pelting them fucking <laughs> <in> shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh number nine alpha delta brewing that sounds like it should be an american brewery however it's from new Bern, tyne and Ware, england and number 10 mountain culture beer co from katoomba new south wales australia so two canadian breweries which is great closest one is in the u.s is new york city for us and three from england yeah I, I got a question how do they judge it if they can't we can't travel so just i guess just the general numbers the scores i guess uh, qualifying brewers were added to Rate Beers Records on June 1st, 2019, before January 2021. The following group of only 10 reflects a very elite selection from a very good field. Congratulations to all our winners. Well, it's Rate Beer, so it's whoever's rating the beer, does it say? Let's see what we got here. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic presented a multitude of new unforeseen hurdles and crises for those in our community. Quarantine and social distancing completely changed the way our lives and our relationships to beer and each other. And brewers and bars were left struggling to adapt. The market also sustained challenges from those adapting to the pandemic with new products like seltzers and spirits that competed with artisanal beer on the shelves. The contribution of critics only becomes more important then to separate the products that we deeply appreciate and respect from interlopers. This year, we're dedicating our presentation to the passing of 2020 and to better times ahead. Okay, let's see what we got here. Let's do a quick read through. No, but it's like uh, no German breweries, no Belgian breweries, just a couple in like Milton, Ontario. <laughs> uh, okay. Like random US, yeah. you know. Rate beer it's, best. It's, it's new beer though, right? It's new breweries. So yeah, it's, like. It's the top 10 the newest ones are probably more like staples. Yeah. It's the top 10 newest breweries that we just said. Uh, the next will be the top. Well, it's a top hundred. We're not going to do that because that's going to take way too long. Uh, but we could see like what's there next. Uh, I'm just trying to see. So rate beer best for the year. 2020 examines more than 715,000 beers from over 35,000 breweries or brewers around the world. We've also reviewed over 69,000 places, bars, taprooms, brew, brew pubs, etc. The award winners here often represent the tiniest fraction. Okay, but here, how do they do it? Highly coveted. If it's if it's like any other kind of top 10 list, I'm told they just literally sit in a room and just be like, "Ah, give me a name," and they just fucking wing it. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it sounds weird. Like any of those like sexiest man alive and all those like, you know, those things, oh. they just guess it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a it's it's a beer rating site, so I'm sure it's based on the beer ratings of the yeah. community. Yeah, it's yeah. not hard. It's just whatever they get in. You just digitally find on. a very convoluted way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. See, they got a beer rating system, so it must be like whatever. This is another version of Untappd, basically. Yeah. So whoever gets the most points, so like, it it helps that the app is popular in that region and people use the app to, to rate their beers. Well, I guess it would explain why it's predominantly, I think it's all English. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, not seeing, uh, you're yeah. not seeing like oh, South Africa. The Polish one there, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, some of their beer ratings, you're Northern Monk Haven, BA honeycomb chocolate stout from Northern Monk brew co 
in uh, Leeds, West Yorkshire. Uh, we got a Wisconsin here, the Goose Island High Lie Harbor, Honey Cornwall. Cornwall. What is that? Bodeman oh, Cornwall. Sweetwater 420 strain, yeah. B Real Insane OG Mexican it, style craft lager. Nice. Yeah. Jesus, what a name. Here we go. Diebolt of uh, Vadislav Strawberry Balsamic. It's from Colorado. Yeah. So they got a great scene there, though. I can only assume it's it's used uh, by what people submit. Yeah. So like yeah. their top yeah. the top hundred um, number one Hill Farmstead Brewing Company out of Greensboro, Vermont. Again, number one best brewery in the world. Now? What's their? Uh, I think it's something f- four to five years in a row now. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, your top five are all U.S. Actually, your top seven are U.S. Mm-hmm. Founders, I'm surprised they didn't take a bigger hit considering the whole uh, racial issue they had. Most people are not on social media, which yeah. means most people in the world don't care. And your first Canadian brewery is at 25th, Brasserie du Ciel, St. Jérôme, Quebec. That's another top nah, 100. Kanawaki's got to be in number, at least in the top 30, man. Um, yeah, unfortunately, think, not so much. I'll take, uh, like, I don't know. I Who here uses rape beer? I, I never use it. Yeah. Nope. I don't know many people who do. It's mostly untapped. Uh, so, like, we got Canada's got six in the top hundred. Uh, Brasserie du Ciel, 25. Brasserie Dunham, 42. Uh, Les Trois Mousquetaires, 461. So, all the Quebec, apparently, it's Quebecers who mostly use it. Bellwoods Brewery, 77th. Bellwoods. Brasserie du Bas Canada, 79. That's also Quebec. What's also the beers um, in this list? Those are the beers that actually travel. Well, look, so people um, outside of Quebec would actually know of these beers. Yeah. Uh, Omnipolo, Stockholm, Sweden. You guys have a bunch of Omnipolos available, and they're 85th. So, is that really Stockholm, Null, Sweden? <laughs> yeah, I don't like think so. Something out. And number 100, Ulitage Brewing Company, Harlem, Netherlands. <laughs> well, there's another Harlem. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Harlem. There's an extra A, so it's Harlem. What's the first like rated German one? That's that's the real question. The only rated brewery out of Germany is 96th on this list. Brauereier, Eying, Franz, Inselkrautkammer. So it's it's all people who use this. Look at all the USA. It's ridiculous. So obviously, mm-hmm. ratebeer.com is a lot, excuse me, more popular yeah, in the US. It's, yeah, it's yeah. America heavy. Yeah. yeah. And clearly all those people from St. Jerome, Quebec, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh sales are available across the world. So. Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's why would they would get rated because yeah. for sure if you get a Zudsel outside here it's like when I finish work I just walk to Zudsel. But from for people outside they're like, Oh my god, you got a Zudsel. Yeah, exactly. Uh I mean, you know, I definitely would I've heard good things about Side Project and Russian River on, on other beer podcasts. Uh, we've had Trillium and Treehouse, so we know those are good. Uh, I've had three Floyds before. They make great beer. Founders, uh, I mean, they made some good beer, but they're kind of super racist. So that's that's an issue. But all in all, it's nice to see Canada getting some recognition in the uh, top 10 new breweries. But we haven't had much. I, I mean, we had the beer stores here in Quebec to discover more Quebec beers, but we're not really getting a worldwide view. It's, it's that or we go to Ontario and get Ontario craft beer. So that's it for those. But I wonder if these guys will make the list next year. From ctvnews.ca, archaeologist unearth ancient beer factory in Abydos, Egypt. From Cairo, American and Egyptian archaeologists have unearthed what could be the oldest known beer factory at one of the most prominent archaeological sites of ancient Egypt, 
a top antiquities official said on Wednesday. Real question is, what do you think their untapped ratings are going to be like? Uh, symbols. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dog, cat. No, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like the amount of cats that the beer is buried with. So Mustafa Waziri, Secretary General of the Supreme Council of Antiquities, said the factory was found in Abydos, an ancient burial ground located in the desert west of the in the desert west of the Nile River, over 400 kilometer 450 kilometers south of Cairo. He said the factory apparently dates back to the region of King Narmer, who is widely known for his unification of ancient Egypt at the beginning of the first dynastic period. 3150 BC to 2613 BC. Archaeologists found eight huge units. Each is 20 meters, about 65 feet long, and 2.5 meters, about 8 feet high. Wide, sorry. Uh, Each unit includes some 40 pottery basins in two rows, which had been used to heat up a mixture of grains and water to produce beer, Waziri said. The joint mission is co-chaired by Dr. Matthew Adams of the Institute of Fine Arts, New York University, and Deborah Vischek, Assistant Professor of Ancient Egyptian Art History and Archaeological Archaeology at Princeton University. Yeah, I just want to know why Simo is on a picture on the right-hand side. <laughs> what? You actually know the person? No. He looks like this <laughs> no, guy. No, looks Simo, like yeah. his friend. Yeah. He fucking looks like okay. him. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I guess he works for the Texas Power Grid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense, though. Now, Adam said the factory was apparently built in this area to provide royal rituals with beer. Given that archaeologists found evidences showing the use of beer in sacrificial rites of Egypt, ancient Egyptians. Ooh. That's that's messed up. Yeah. So they what they would get drunk and, just and kill each other, cut each other's hearts. No, wait, that's the mines. Uh, cut each other's oh, yeah. apart, pull out the brains <laughs> with the hook uh, through the nose. Uh, Kalima. Yeah. Well, Kalima is Indian, not Egyptian. I don't care. Kalima. Yeah. Yes, because these were, these were all true. I'm gonna hey. British archaeologists were the first to mention the existence of that factory early 1900s, but they couldn't determine its location, the Antiquities Ministry said. With its vast cemeteries and temples from the earliest times of ancient Egypt, Abydos was known for monuments honoring Osiris, ancient Egypt's god of underworld, should be of the underworld, and the deity responsible for judging souls in the afterlife. The necropolis has been used in every period of early Egyptian history from the prehistoric age to Roman times. Egypt has announced dozens of ancient discoveries in the past couple of years in the hope of attracting tourists. Probably not. You're just making sure. these up. Yeah. You're just making these up. It's like we found the first McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I mean, if you see like an old Bud Light sign or something out front, you know, it's rigged. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could get Bud Light as a sponsor, like how they have sponsors in movies. Let's just start start getting sponsors at uh, archaeological oh, digs. Oh man, people would fucking lose their minds. But it'd be a great idea. <laughs> they just like chip, like just like engrave like cores in the in the monuments. Yeah. So we got some pictures here. They're gonna load. I think it says Egypt like Coors Light. No, yeah. They're not loading. The Great Wall of China, sponsored by Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Five G Huawei. And they'll start building 5G yeah. towers. Yeah, just a giant Huawei sign yeah. on the wall. And then a picture of the two Michaels <laughs> with a middle finger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool if they discovered a recipe that they could make. Uh, I caught a YouTube video. I think Bose did it where they did. Oh, I was talking with Jordan St. John, actually. Uh, and they were trying to develop a beer without hops. So they came upon, upon a gruit, which is like um, spicy, it's like spices. 
and they did that with bows. I'm sure maybe they could scrape these um, making things and, and try and get like basically the DNA of a beer. It's actually Bud Light. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I like this idea. I'd love to go see like some of the old breweries like in church, uh, you know, old monasteries and stuff. All in all, fun times. You guys want to go to Egypt uh, when we can start brewing? Eh, eh. Not, not, go, not, not high on my priority list. I <laughs> know yeah, it's never been high on my priority list. <laughs> oh well, I don't know. Still kind of cool. I, I like it. I mean, discovering they, this stuff. So, I mean, if they want to ship their beers over here so we can try them, maybe they'll they'll change our minds. Yeah, they're probably skunk though. They gotta they gotta like make them like scarab scarab <laughs> beers or like the mummy beers. Yeah, beers from beers made of crushed scarabs. Or, uh, and we'll just get Brendan Fraser to be the spokesperson here in Canada. <laughs> Well, Brendan Fraser's too busy being a, a big giant robot. So, <laughs> yeah, he is actually. He plays a fucking great giant big robot. <laughs> he does. That shit makes me laugh big time. <laughs> yes, I've actually just started Doom Patrol. So good, man! Like when he's fighting the rats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not there, so you didn't do season two yet. No, I'm only at season. Uh, I got two episodes left of season one at this time. So the killer is his brother. <laughs> okay, cool, awesome. <laughs> I thought I thought it was his his Spoiler mechanic. Alert. It was his mechanic who was fucking his wife, wasn't it? Yeah. So so then you lied to me. Castrol oil. Yeah. That did him in. Yeah. Castrol oil. That's, that's in season four. That's in season <laughs> four, the best season. Ah, uh, fantastic. Okay. Uh, so we're, we've been talking about beer discoveries and new beers, but let's talk about some crazy beer alcohol laws that exist around the world. I think we've mentioned some before, but here's a slightly more definitive list from what I found from cheapism.com. 20 weird and crazy alcohol laws around the world. Starting with, uh, so as the article, hard to swallow, the regulation of alcohol has a long and checkered past in many countries around the world. And a number of outdated liquor laws remain on the books. <clears throat> Canada liquor laws. <laughs> from drinking permits in India to drunk bicycling in Germany. We've scoured the planet via the internet for some of the most unique, entertaining, and downright bizarre liquor laws, including some that are of dubious origins. Grab a beer, or it says grab a drink, but we're going to grab a beer, and we're going to read on. In Germany, bicycling while drunk. Apparently, drunk cycling is a big problem in Germany. To combat the scourge of two-wheeled intoxication, the country has... According to European news site The Local, passed a law that allows German authorities to seize the driver's license of those caught cycling under the influence and allows authorities to order a medical and psychological evaluation known as an MPA. <laughs> That's no fun. Don't have a driver's license. Psychological evaluation. Yeah. Maybe to determine if these people are alcoholics? I don't. That's weird. <sighs> Send them to camps. It's their solution to everything. <laughs> Like, look, even in the picture, you got this nice, nice little Steinholder on the bicycle. The guy's biking around his well, leader. It looks like sort of, yeah, sort of looks like Oktoberfest. Yeah, that's not cool. I disagree. I mean, theoretically, how much damage can you do on a bike? Like, you hit somebody, be like, yeah. ah, fuck, you fucked up my leg, you idiot. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, they just don't want you, I guess, to drive into the traffic. And yeah. But the thing is, like, bike versus car, drunk guy's going to lose. Yeah. So, like, whatever, he gets hit by a car, RIP, you know, like, I feel <laughs> bad, but he's not hurting anybody else, really. I mean, you're damaging the guy's front end, but... I mean, we're going to sue be a city of uh, drunk bicycling with our mayor in charge, so... I say give him a big fine, but, I mean, the take his driver, like, give him a psych exam, and <laughs> I don't know about that. That's that's a little excessive. Yeah, it's, also, uh, it's also the, I guess, the amount of people that are 
cycling drunk. They should have like little checkpoints on the bike paths and stuff. <laughs> yes. Bring them bring back the checkpoints. Cycling checkpoints. That'd be great. You just avoid the they bike paths. You should get a fine just for dressing the way they dress in that photo. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I ever make it out to Oktoberfest. I'm sporting some Lederhausen. I'm sure they love it when foreigners dress like that. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> cultural appropriation. <laughs> I'm white. I'm allowed to culturally culturally appropriate my own people. Okay, thank you for finishing that sentence. <laughs> I mean, like, I know black face isn't okay, but what if I were to do black body? Uh, then you're a Trudeau. Well, he wasn't even black body. He was oil body. That was, he was like... He was, uh, what was that scale for uh, light? Yeah, he was, he was an SRM of 40. <laughs> yeah. So... He could have had cancer at that point. Yeah, maybe he wasn't doing black face. Maybe he was just being a beer. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was, yeah. A, he was a cookie stout. Yeah. He's, uh, he's People trying to always be, just jump to conclusions. Yeah, he's trying to be the color of Guinness. So, I don't know. People just overreacted for no reason. Okay, so we got a wacky law from Maharashtra, India. You need a permit to drink. In the Indian state of Maharashtra, which includes Mumbai, anyone who wants to drink, possess, or transport alcohol needs a permit. The law dates back to the 1949 Bombay Transportation Act and unlike many similar laws, is still in effect. You can get your permit from the Maharashtra State Excise. It's also illegal to enter the state while intoxicated. Oh, that's just... You sound like Lou Dobbs trying to pronounce that Mexican city. <laughs> Mexican <laughs> But I got Mumbai and Bombay right, so that's not so bad. I mean, I butcher I'm people's... Sure they don't pronounce it. I'm sure they don't pronounce it that way, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, with my job, I have to deal with excessive variation of last names that I'm constantly butchering while calling people about their files. So <laughs> they're like, they've got two sound similar sounding drugs and you're just <laughs> fucking them over big time. You're like, yeah. yeah, you need to take more of this. And <laughs> yeah, now, thankfully, I don't do that. OK, well, here's kind of a really weird one. The UK, it's illegal to be drunk in a pub. Yeah, right. Um, That's not a thing. The UK's Licensing Act of 1872 is a treasure trove of bizarre and outdated liquor laws, including a real law that threatens anyone found drunk in a, any public place, including pubs with a fine. According to the law, every person found drunk in any highway or other public space, pl- public place, yeah, whether a building or not, or on any licensed premises shall be liable to a penalty. Alaska reportedly has a similar law. So I guess you can't get pissed like, well, I guess they just don't, they choose to apply this law. Yeah. I guarantee they don't apply that law. That's yeah. the stupidest thing. Yeah. Maybe though you need, it if there's like a big ass hooligan that's starting shit, you need to bust them for something. But yeah. 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 Like if there's a, like a local foot, a European football match of this team versus this team where the fans literally try and murder each other. Maybe they want you to not be drunk in a pub beforehand. But I mean, we saw it in Euro Trip. Vinnie Jones opened two bottles of beer with his eyeballs. So I'm sure that made a lot of sense in your head. <laughs> I'm not sure how that correlated to what well, the they, drunk laws in a bar, but they got they sure. got super drunk and then they were ending up on uh, one of those double decker London buses on the way to Germany, from what I remember. So, okay, Colorado drunken horseback riding. In 2013, a Colorado man was arrested in Boulder while riding a horse drunk. According to a University of Colorado police spokesman cited in a Reuters report, 
It's probably the first time in department history that we have pulled someone over for driving under the influence while on a horse. According to a local DUI attorney, the infraction is not a DUI, but a charge of animal rider on highway under the influence of alcohol slash controlled substance. Did they get pulled over with a guy on a horse with a siren? <laughs> yeah. Because that would have been awesome. And did he like, what did he say? Like, can you, can you roll your... Roll your horse down yeah, a bit. Keep, keep your hands on the horse. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, keep your hands on the mane. Yeah. Do you have anything yeah. up its butt? Yeah. It doesn't say anything about the horse being allowed to be drunk, though. Yeah. So pop, pop the trunk. Pop the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a shitty way to find out that horse is drunk. Okay. What do we got here? In France. Did he did he seize the horse afterwards? Like, what's <laughs> it does, It's an infraction, so he probably got to take it. Did he, did he put the a horse? fucking boot on the horse? Yeah, just, the leave horse the horse just, boot. <laughs> just leave the horse in for boots. Just leave the horse. Big fucking like yellow friggin' piece of metal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in France, driver breathalyzer kits. From 2013 until it was recently abolished in late 2019, France had in place a controversial law that required all motorists to keep at least one of their own breathalyzer kits in their car at all times. The law was confusing to motorists. A plan, fine was scrapped shortly after it was implemented. While the law was kept in place, meaning all police could do was warn people the law existed. Why would that fucking... I guess there was a drinking and driving epidemic in France at one point? There's a lot of wine and and winers in France. How how is it confusing? You have a breathalyzer kit in your car in case you're ever worried. Like, I think that makes sense. Maybe... Maybe it's not like the breathalyzer kits that, like, people who got DUIs here... Yeah, maybe yeah, it's they, just they, like, they, like have your own uh, to show. No, but that's, that's what I mean, though. Like, yeah. you don't need to go to a bar and fucking blow I into could, some nasty machine. You, uh, yeah, I could see though, like if the machine or the test is inaccurate, and you can then challenge that in court. So they, I think they, <clears throat> just like bureaucratically, I think they would get rid of it just for that, so that they could use a test that they like they can control. Whereas you could say, oh, well, listen, I blew into this fucking thing and. You know, you don't know how the test was administered, mm-hmm. whatever. So there's, there's almost like, you know, deniability there, or plausible, uh, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, um, no, pl- plausible yeah, reasonable doubt. Yeah, yeah, reasonable yeah. doubt. So I, I could see, like, legal-wise, like, I wouldn't do that. Now, to me, it only makes sense if it's like, you know, you did get pulled over for a DUI, but you still need to get to drive. They install the thing in the, mach- the machine in your car for it to start. Like, that makes sense. But every car for everybody, it's kind of stupid, especially in an entire country. For, for yeah, for fun, they, they sell a pretty good one on Amazon that's highly rated. Uh, it's like an electronic device. It's similar to the one the cops have. And I don't. I always wanted to buy it just for fun, just to see like how fucked up you can get. Uh, you dude, never, but you never drink and drive. <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> you just keep we, it at home. We actually did this at a uh, a course one time where part of the like the game that we were playing was that at the end you had to get a breathalyzer to go past the the legal limit and like. I had chugged two beers. I, I got there as one of the first people, chugged two beers, and then was trying to, to make it go over the limit, and it wasn't going over. Wow. And I, I had, like this small little old French woman came up, and she literally just took like tequila. She like almost rinsed with it, so to speak. Like she didn't even swallow. She basically just like kind of switched it around in her mouth and spit the rest back out, and she like blew past the limit. So it just even has to be like. Not even consumed, but just like in your in your mouth, I guess is a way to say it. She said, "Yeah." Uh, Name of my next se- sex tape. Uh, in your mouth. 
Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, I believe we all think this is a stupid law. Uh, well, some of them are all wacky. In Latin America, alcohol sales on election day. Well, South Carolina became the last U.S. state to repeal its law banning the alcohol, the sale of alcohol on election days in 2014. Similar laws known as leyes secas or dry laws remain in effect throughout much of Latin America and other countries around the world, including Turkey. In Ecuador, 857 people were detained for violating the country's alcohol election alcohol ban in 2002, according to the BBC. Well, that's no fair. What if I don't know who I want to vote for and... It's uh, it's like I'm drunk voting, like, you know, how you're drunk, uh, like how you have uh, beer goggles. Maybe it's the same thing. They don't really vote in Latin America, do they? Uh, who knows? <laughs> no, people vote for them. OK, yeah, cool. Just checking. I think it's kind of like Russia and, and the Korea or North Korea and, and stuff like that. So. All it right. Be fair just to close all the, the shops. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. Massachusetts. Happy hour. Happy hour bans were once commonplace across the United States, but many states, including Illinois, have recently repealed these decade old, decades old laws. Massachusetts was the first state to implement such a ban in 1984 and is among several states that still retain such bans to this date, to this day. Time Out Boston suggests looking for happy hour food deals instead. What? Really? That, that is so fucking I, stupid. I, I guess I didn't go drinking during those hours, but yeah, this is surprising. Yeah, considering I, most, I don't, I don't think this, I don't think this is true. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, they, I mean, I've been there a bunch, and I've never had that yeah. problem. Maybe Especially they can't. Maybe they can't call it happy hour or something. Oh, uh, maybe that they would make have sense. Deals. They probably have no deals for happy hour. Yeah, which makes sense because their bars close super early too. Yeah, because yeah. happy hour bans. It doesn't say no drinking during happy hours. It says there's bans, so maybe there isn't, like, you know, it says 10% discount or buy two beers, get one for free or, or whatever. Maybe those just don't exist. Like, there's no sales. And then the bar's like, hey, I was going to give it to you, but, you know, the law, so sorry. <laughs> That's kind of weird. In the UK, tending to livestock drunk. Another odd relic of the UK's <laughs> Licensing Act of 1872 mandates that every person who is drunk while in charge on any highway or other public place of any carriage, horse, cattle, or steam engine shall be liable to a fine not exceeding 40 shillings or a prison term not exceeding one month. Steam engine? All right, so first thing I'm doing when I go to the UK is I'm buying a steam engine. I'm getting shit-faced, and I'm challenging this law. Also because it's not a livestock. Also, you have to shout diplomatic immunity the entire ride. <laughs> the entire ride. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah. Steam engine. So what if what if the world became more reliant on steam than it did combustion engines? Then how would this law be in effect? I mean, do you put the boot again on the steam engine? What That's got to be. Just put the boot on a cattle. Yeah, again. They put uh, yeah. anything. Just fucking put a boot on it. Yeah. No, like like in a comic for the steam engine, they put a giant cork in it so it can't you know work. It's like the worst version of steampunk. <laughs> Alberta, Canada, infusing spirits. A number of outdated Canadian alcohol laws have been coming off the books in recent years. Among them, a much-mocked rule outlawing the infusion of spirits. The law was finally changed in 2018 as part of Alberta's recent push to reestablish itself as one of North America's premier spirits destinations. So, outlawing the infusion of spirits, so that means you can't make some mixed drink? Like, you can't, you can't do have a cocktail? cocktail. Can't do a cocktail. You do it straight, like a like man? A, imagine, like, the RCMP busts the door down. Somebody's mixing vodka. Is that fucking rum and coke? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey is, is that a rum and coke, buddy? 
Is that a? Or, Let me see your hands. <laughs> or uh, that rum kit thing I sent C Money. It's like make your own flavored rum at home. You could yeah. do that. Yeah, you should do that for the reboot of Do Self. <laughs> ah, Alberta, you're so wacky. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just got to shake your head. It's just one of those places. Doesn't exist anymore. Thank God. Uh, in North Carolina, booze and bingo. North Carolina what? has must have serious problem with rowdy bingo games because the state maintains a head-scratching law outlawing the sale or consumption of any alcoholic beverage in any room while a raffle or bingo game is being conducted in that room. <laughs> Um, to me, it just seems I, I I can get it right. Like you get these drunk assholes that are like, oh, bingo every two seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna stop the game. Just some old fucking drunk granny or whatever. Like I I kind of get it. I kind of get it. But like, there, I don't think there's big precedence for that. I mean, I've gone to bingo halls. I've never seen somebody get shit faced. Like yeah, I haven't been to North Carolina. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You don't know how it is there, man. Sir, sir, you're you're in a church. Stop it, sir. <laughs> Please you ain't also. never played bingo until you've played it in North Carolina. <laughs> it's like extreme bingo. I, I mean, I know my brother like lost it one time and flipped the table, but like he they, they wasn't drunk. He flipped the table? Yeah. He lost. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he flipped the table. Like in front of everybody? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's, there. The, that's the same guy who went. Remember the whole buffet story? They got all fucked up on like <laughs> I think they got fucked up on psychedelics. And then the guy uh, he goes to the guy, he said, All you can eat, he says yes. He takes a chair, <laughs> takes a spoon and just starts stuffing his face with fried rice until but they like drink. right right from the fucking like Yeah, no, like, from the trough. Gonna, like yeah. just sitting there like filling <laughs> and they, they dragged him out. It was great. <laughs> that a man that looks like he had all he can eat <laughs> oh, I'm thinking man. that they're doing like bingo but with shots so every time you call a number you take a shot oh yeah there you go oh my god that would be rough big 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 sir sir this is this is sir, over now we're playing still a church it's still a church <laughs> exactly sunday morning yeah stop uh, it uh so in sydney shots after midnight as part of a number <laughs> of lockout laws implemented in the central business district of australia's largest city in 2014 the buying or consumption of shots of alcohol after midnight was deemed illegal in an effort to combat alcohol-fueled violence. The much maligned laws were repealed in early 2020. Okay. Oh, <laughs> and then people couldn't drink outside because of yeah. the pandemic. alcohol. Just, everything violence. about Australia cracks me up, man. <laughs> I, I saw a video today where it's like people who get into like dangerous situations. So they show like near car crashes and all this shit. They show this one guy who's coming down on like a, a parachute or whatever, and he's trying to land in a field in Australia. And as he's landing, these two kangaroos just fucking <laughs> run up and like kick him. Like this guy's coming from the sky. Dick. It's such, such a, a dick, dick move. <laughs> you're flying in the air. You're trying to land, and this, the, the kangaroos are like, "Hey, what the fuck?" <laughs> just kicking him. <laughs> like it's like, dude, you just landed, and they're kicking you. Uh, made no sense. Man dies from kangaroo attack after. Dark. You know what? <laughs> I, I've eaten kangaroo and it's delicious. Yeah, and it's a, yo. They have things called rue guards there on the on trucks and stuff because they just oh, yeah. fucking splatter them. <laughs> yep. They're they're a pest there. What is it, money? I think we were at Duff's or Watson's. It's like the video of the guy driving at night and just all the kangaroos just like 
staring at the guy's car and you just oh see their their eyeballs and the guy's like oh fucking kangaroos oh shit it's like but they're creepy fuckers huh? <laughs> they, they like kill they like literally put dogs in headlocks and choke them out yep that's like a real thing yeah, it's, like, er, it's early mma yeah it really is and then they all know how to box yeah we gotta start really a kangaroo is. fighting league that's, that's the only no, fair I thing imagine yeah, you build up one big one like Tekken had there, like the super kangaroo with the boxing oh, gloves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see kangaroo versus uh, trash panda. Oh, yeah. Going way back. <laughs> trash panda fights. Or badger. Honey badger. Yeah. Badger oh, versus possum. We should start a, a, an why animal. Badger, yeah. Why can't we have animal land, fights? You're yeah. in the air. You're just trying to land safely on the ground. <laughs> yeah, imagine. And they're fucking drop kicking you in the you're face. Drop kicked <laughs> by two giant kangaroos. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> dicks. Plus, you know, every other sort of animal there is out to kill you with poison pretty, or pretty other things. So, well, at least you know that there are there are line of defense should aliens land somewhere. Yeah. It's yeah. like we traveled through space successfully. Landed on this new. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> just kicking the shit out of the. <laughs> Uh, see, kangaroos are going to ruin it for all that's of us. What, that's, that was the original ending for signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swing for the fences. Uh, fantastic. So in Sweden, only the government can sell certain alcohols. Swedes have mixed opinions about its nation's system bol- bolaget chain of state-owned retail stores, which are the only locations where shoppers can legally buy alcohol with an ABB, ABV above 3.5 for home consumption. According to the government monopoly, there are 445 stores in the country with Swedes making nearly 125 million in total visits in 2018. 3.5 and above. Sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. It's the SAQ, that's all. No, but the yeah, S- but at least we can buy our beers at like We have up to stuff. like 8% or 10% in stores, but like anything beyond that, you like what is it? Uh the highest wine can go to something like 15 I think 10 or 15% yeah. max something like that right and everything else has to go through SAQ so we're in the same boat yeah i know the hard liquor is is on the SAQ so except now there's they're, they're getting they're getting all their beers and everything else yeah at the at these shops now there's alcohol free gin and alcohol free some other hard alcohol it's weird so i'm guessing there's not a booming craft beer industry in sweden i guess not uh so in england drinking within view of the pitch in an effort to combat hooliganism at soccer games, England and Wales have for the last 35 years banned alcohol within sight of the pitch, effectively meaning that you can drink in the concourse, but not in your seat. The law may be changing as coronavirus is causing crowded conditions in concourses among thirsty fans through. Uh, through. No. So, uh, oh, yeah, though. Uh, thirsty fans. Something. Anyways, uh, certain individual soccer stadiums around the world, including Camp Nou in Barcelona, Europe's largest stadium have total ban on alcohol sales. See, this is like one of the few law of these stupid laws that make sense. Cause we've seen like videos of just English fans, just being fucking idiots, like the smashing stuff, getting in the fights. So this is more reactionary law. I mean, this, this makes sense. There's reason for it. Well, I mean, there was a massive like brawl. I don't know how long ago where like it resulted in a bunch of deaths. So, Oh, England. You're so drunk and crazy. Chicago, giving a dog whiskey. According to Chicago Elevated and other sites, it's supposedly illegal to give a dog whiskey in Chicago. While we could not find confirmation of the existence of such an ordinance, the oft-cited law reportedly makes no mention of other types of alcohol, leading one local law firm to joke that Chicago dogs may apparently enjoy beer, rum, and other alcoholic beverages, but whiskey is off-limits. 
in all seriousness, as they add, never give your dog alcohol. It may be very harmful to them. The hell? Okay. <laughs> Fuck up. It's, I guess maybe like a mare's dog got drunk on whiskey and died and I this guess. law came into effect. <clears throat> someone someone like by accident dropped whiskey and something. And I don't know. Yeah, this is weird. Here's a law that's going to frustrate sea money. Ohio, getting a fish drunk. Another off-sighted U.S. state law of dubious legitimacy is a supposed one cited by local Cleveland News and other sites claiming it is illegal to get a fish drunk. Oh, so that means I wasn't allowed to drink when we were in Cleveland, old school. But you got, did you get a fish? Uh, well, carp is in. carp. Uh, it's fish. A thorough so investigation. You were illegal. <laughs> yeah, you just you're just illegal. That's you explained the joke. It's no good anymore. Yeah, yeah. toss it out. A thorough investigation by Thrillist discovered no evidence of such a law, although it finds that a law outlawing the pollution of waterways with dynamite or other deleterious substances with the intent thereby to injure fish in Oklahoma seems to be the most likely origin of the Ohio fish law tale. So it all works out. So so half of these laws aren't even rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess they're just hearsay. Who's uh, like getting running around getting fish fucking drunk, man? I don't <laughs> know. Hey, better hey do. stop it. Stop it. Release the fish, sir. Yeah. Release the fish. When we could all yeah, when we could all go to a cabin again, we're going to have to get a fish drunk. I mean, if if there's some way like making them like they somehow taper, if, if, you, if they're sitting in rum or something, then you take, you know, you, just before you kill them, you stick them in rum for a bit. Then you chop the head off. Then you can eat the fish and it tastes good. You I do it after it's dead. <laughs> Maybe there's something where like it being being in the gills and, you know, the rum or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to catch the fish, but my lore tends to be uh, 30 feet up in a tree. Right, Carp? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's only after you go away for a while. Yeah, Can't yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to, I have to leave, leave the scene. Yeah, yeah for sure, one hundred percent. Lafour's Texas sipping beer while standing. It is supposedly <laughs> illegal to take more than three sips of a beer while standing in the town of Lafour's Texas. Population four hundred and eighty-eight people, according to the San Antonio Express News. The background of this law is obscure, but likely has something to do with standing while intoxicated. A Houston attorney says. So, yeah. So two sips is okay, but then the third one, they're like, "Hey, hey, they shoot you." Yeah, more than three sips. So three sips, you're okay, but then it's a warning. And what is if- it like a dribbling thing for basketball? Yeah, <laughs> they have to count. But then if you're if you're elite basketball player, to just forget it. I'd be fucking with a cop the whole time. I'd be like, yeah. "Sit, stand." Yeah, sit, two, sip, three sit, sips. sip, three stand, sips, sit, sit down. Yeah. Oh, there, there, there's people like that. It's like. Uh, they got the town of Hampstead that's right next to the border. So they're like, America, Canada, America, Canada, Canada. America, Canada. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> or what was it in uh, The Simpsons? Like the point where five states meet, Sideshow Bob was going to murder Bert, uh, Bart in one state and his body would have fallen in another. Therefore, it wouldn't have been illegal or something like that. Okay. El Salvador, punishment for drunk driving. A widely cited law claims that drunk driving was once punishable by death by firing squad in El Salvador. Holy shit. Damn. <laughs> uh, but I the mean, law. You'd, you'd eliminate. You'd eliminate it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody uh, fucking do it. But the law has also been debunked based on conflicting evidence. Again, but, uh, everything on this list is like these are actual laws. Yeah. <laughs> None of these laws are real. Uh, regardless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what if. Uh, regardless, El Salvador largely outlawed the death penalty in 1983. So the law, even if true and still on the books, would no longer be enforced. Pussies. Bring it back. Yeah. Australia, crushing a beer can between breasts. (laughs) An Australian bartender 
made international headlines in 2007 when she was fined $1,000 for reportedly crushing a beer can between her exposed breasts at a hotel bar south of Perth. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, the bartender was found to be in violation of the Liquor Control Act in the state of Western Australia. Boo. That's terrible. That doesn't sound like fun at all. I would have given her an award. Yeah. yeah. They should have given her $1,000. At that point in 2021... This would have been a go uh, start or no a go yeah GoFundMe go yeah <laughs> GoFundMe campaign and OnlyFans you would have made like ten thousand dollars from La Paz Bolivia married women at bars and restaurants the Daily Meal and other sites including Second Bottle claim that a law in La Paz Bolivia sometimes reported as applying to the country overall prohibits married women from drinking more than one glass of wine in bars and restaurants in an effort to discourage extramarital affairs if true. The law, the sexist law, has no equal when it comes to married men. It, it's that's the guys are getting all fucked up and cheating on their yeah. wives or husbands. Well, two people have to cheat, right? <laughs> yeah, unless they're but, all single women. No, nah, dude, I'm I'm saying the guys are way more of the initiators. As a local Bolivian, I believe you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's silly. And finally, Scotland, wearing underwear beneath a kilt. Though not an actual law, <laughs> an offsited traditional Scots law from a hybrid common law slash civil law system supposedly says that a Scotsman can be fined two cans of beer if he's caught wearing underwear beneath his kilt. According to That's some, the best. I love this. <laughs> yeah. According to some, a true Scotsman would never wear underwear beneath their kilts, a tradition that is thought to have its roots in Scottish military traditions. As Celtic Life International notes, enforcement of such a provision would in reality prove questionable at its best. It's kind of weird that everyone just wants to see balls, but at the same time I love the two beer can fine. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm curious if you just have guys like walking checking. around. <laughs> checking. Like, yeah, like crawling, checking under the kilts. Be like, ah, you owe me two beers. Nice dick. Ah, you owe me two beers. <laughs> You, you enter you enter a crowd with a leaf blower and you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I just scored 10. And I just got a 2-4. Uh, yeah. I just got that case of 2,000 beers from uh, Sweden. It's a lot of dick. Yeah. So those are some very odd <laughs> drinking like laws. Maybe two. It's like two laws that still exist. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and one of them's the uh, the Scottish one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good fun times. I mean, there's still wacky, outdated laws in general on the books across the world for booze, but these are some of the uh, weird and crazy ones at cheapism.com. So at this point, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this. This ad is for all the fellow Canadian beer drinkers listening to this show. It's time to check out Craft Tap. All beer inside is about drinking and supporting local, and this service lets you get tasty craft beer from across multiple Canadian provinces without having to travel halfway across our great country. You could purchase for one-time delivery or get yourself the Craft Beer Fan subscription package. You can grab the All Beer Inside referral link in this episode's show notes and get yourself a discount while helping out the show. Isn't it time to simply get the beer sent to you? Let's drink local and help support small Canadian craft breweries. And we're back from commercial break. So we've all grabbed additional beers at this time. We'll start with Sea Money. So going back to one of my favorite brewers that one day I will visit, 
uh, is Muskoka Brewery, and they've released a new Cherry Hop Blaster. Uh, I'm trying to see if it actually lists anywhere. The IBU or the ABV. Can't see it. Blind. Give me a second. I didn't even take a sip yet. Holy shit, that's smooth. These guys literally hit like every, every one of their beers I like. Super clean, very crisp, not overly sour. So it's uh, overall well-rounded IPA, super crushable. This is like a great summertime beer. I would say uh, I'm actually going to go high on this one. I didn't expect it. I'm going to say 4.75. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. I have from Micro Brasserie La Schwab, or sorry, Brasserie La Schwab. It's called Vlad. It's a picture of, I would say, an 80s hockey player with the big, uh, you know, sex machine mustache with the mullet. Uh, It is a double dry hopped, double IPA coming in at 8% alcohol. Uh, It says double the hops for some good hoppiness with uh, exotic arom exotic et peu d'amertume. Cheers. 8%. Eight percent. Uh, it's pretty tasty. Uh, it's not as good as the last beer I had, so I'm going to give it a three point two five. Uh, old school. Right from Tadamaguch. <laughs> We're back. Uh, yeah, this is part of my Christmas beers. There from Tadamaguch, Nova Scotia. This is Acolyte Vice Beer. It's a wheat beer and uh, great citrus notes. Uh, just great nose on it, and just like nice, just hitting in the front of the tongue there when you drink it and uh it's going down really easy maybe easy because it's a 650 milli but uh gonna enjoy it i give it a four nice and phil uh again from uh, toronto from uh lewis cypher uh brew works their coconut lemongrass thai pa coming at 6.5 percent uh abv man that first sip is just a blast of coconut <laughs> but in a good way because wind is not not uh, not good. So it's um, it's not Piper with the coconut and Piper's pit. Yeah, but that wasn't that was more in the skull and less <laughs> in the mouth. <laughs> but uh, no, it uh, the coconut melts out and like hides. You still get the bit a bit of like a hoppy from being an IPA, but it uh, it it masks it really well and it uh, it melts it out. Fantastic. Uh, I give it a four. Yeah. Lewis Cipher is definitely a place I'd like to go back to once uh, it's safe to travel to Toronto. I mean, it's safe to travel to Toronto once it's safe to sit in a brew pub and enjoy beers with friends uh, without the worry of catching the COVID-19 virus. So, okay. Uh, So old school last episode brought up the whole thing of C-Money kind of being a PR guy. And I thought this was interesting when it came up. It came comes from vinepair.com. How Healthy marketing is bringing beer to a new audience. Uh, picture is of a bicycle that looks like the wheels are made out of a glass of beer. I love how I've made see <laughs> money like a PR guy. I, I know. I was laughing about that. I'm like, <laughs> <So what>? great. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Sliding up to the refrigerator for a beer looks a lot different today than it did five years ago. Unless you're us, we're pretty much the exact same. Uh, in years past, you might have chosen between a resiny commercial. Excuse me. IPA, (laughs) or a spontaneously fermented ale from a local craft brewery. There might have been a six-pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon, or perhaps a rogue Bud Light Lime left behind by previous guests. Hells no, but maybe a gross. Or or 23 King Cans of gross. (laughs) Thanks, Footlong. During dry January, you might have even chosen a non-alcoholic beer like O'Doul's. O'Doul's. Klaus Towler. But increasingly, in quotes, better for you, beer options. 
those with low and non-alcohol calories and carbs are finding ways into our homes with Americans buying more of them than ever before. And that's what's wrong with the United States. I of thought you were going to say those with low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is the sober carpenter beer line that's looking very popular right now. So we may have to try an ABI when we get back together where we'll do a double tasting. We'll do a tasting of the non-alcoholic beers and then we'll actually drink real beer. So go from zero or 0.5 to to all 10% of 10. Yeah. Man, above, everything th- above 10. To utopia. Yeah. This almost irates me, infuriates what? me because it's like people just trying to have their cake and eat it too. And it's like, fuck off. You either drink a beer that has calories or you just drink some water. What are you doing? What that's, is my, zero, that's my point. That, but that's zero percent shit. Like, I just want to kick people. That's my, that's exactly my feeling about coffee beer, though. That's exactly how I fear. Like, th- just fuck off. Stop putting coffee in beer. <laughs> yeah. Go. You have all these that. freaking retard coffee places around the world with your half latte, mocha, double dip, whatever, retard. Mocha, cha- mocha chaka, mocha, latte, latte yeah, kitchy, kitchy, yeah, yeah. Brands, right? But no, let's put it in beer now. Uh, over. All right. So low, low calorie and non-alcoholic craft and commercial beers have been on the rise since early 2018 when global companies such as Heineken International and McKellar began releasing at labels like Heineken 0.0 and Drinking in the Sun. Around that time, strictly non-alcoholic craft breweries like Athletic Brewing Company and Surreal Brewing Company also entered the market. But 2020 sparked a turning point. I don't know why I made it sound disappointing there. Uh, The year saw dozens of commercial and craft breweries from Bud Light to Brooklyn Brewery launch and expand NA beer offerings. Uh, NA, for those who aren't aware or didn't catch it, is non-alcoholic. These releases contributed to 39.5% growth in the non-alcoholic beer category year over year, according to Nielsen. Increasingly, even no-calorie beer saw a surge of 113.5% growth, while light beer saw 9.1% growth. Nielsen so, they, so they went from two sales to 20. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Well, why did these beers garner so much interest in 2020? Some of the newest forays into the non-alcoholic and low-alcohol, low-calorie space are delayed initiatives coming to fruition at exactly the right time. Those who saw consumer interest in the healthy-ish beer space in years prior are honing research and development on new brands and we're buying them. Where does it stop? <laughs> where, where, where does it stop that you go, oh, yeah, I'll have the, the non-cal rum, please? Uh, so there oh, can is my whiskey be fucking gluten. Yeah, man. You know what? Like uh, the the whole reason for a beer is to have something decent tasting that takes the edge off a bit of a crazy day. Like nothing to get fucked up. Well, maybe some people want to get fucked up on a Tuesday, <laughs> but just like to just chill out a bit, you know? And like, how does this do that? I don't it doesn't. So <laughs> Hickson has actually developed a zero percent or zero alcohol gin. Monsters. Yeah, it's not gin then. It's just water. It's it's the it's 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 water and juniper. It's just water. What is this lie? It's It's the the veggie burger of alcohol, hard alcohol. Uh, Okay, low calorie and non-alcoholic brews in particular are launching into a market primed for their release. Consumers are more concerned with health, personal health, and wellness than they were in 2019 as a result of increased healthy health anxiety surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic in a year full of idiosyncrasies and unpredictable consumer behavior the better for you beer category found an audience ready and willing <laughs> to jump aboard 
or waiting to jump aboard. So Sam Adams produced the non-alcoholic, just the haze, hazy, juicy, a non-alcoholic IPA. Sure. I, I imagine tons of people in Boston drinking that right now. Jesus. Although so I did. Zero, it's non-alcoholic IPA contains less than 0.5 alcohol. Yeah. yeah. It's and, like, yeah, so you're, it's not non-alcoholic. It contains 0.5 alcohol percentage. There's well, got to be a percentage that's I, considered alcoholic. I, yeah, I, exactly. Didn't, what was it? I think it was, um, remember the show Mansers? Uh-huh. So I think they, they did it with, they had like a, a booze scientist and he said it's take something like 200 and something beers to actually get a bit of a buzz from oh, non-alcoholic God. beer. I just picture like, you know, when they say like, oh, you do this and that person's going to be rolling in their grave. Like Sam Adams must be fucking cartwheeling in his grave right now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he was aware of. Here's the thing. If you're calorie conscious or you don't want to get fucked up instead of two beers, have one. There you go. There's half the calories right there. It's too much, man. That's too much. That in a glass of water and shut the fuck up. You know what? How dare you? It's about being part of something. People are trying to be a part of the scene, but they just want to find something that they are okay liking and can sit around pretending that they're drinking beer with everybody. Yeah. What's well, also like uh, us with the uh, posers. It's like us with beyond meat or whatever chemical stuff that they put in that stuff. It's you want to try it once or twice, right? So of course it's going to be a boom. Cause it's like, Oh, well, let's try it and see what, what's all about. Is it sustainable? I don't think so. And I wonder how many people accidentally buy it and like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Why so, am I not drunk? I have what never is bought it. Uh, so, uh, we have a neighbor across the street who is an elderly gentleman who we've been helping with, uh, some stuff like his winter time. So shoveling snow for him is next to impossible. Uh, we help him out with that. I help him out with his tech stuff, like his simple tech stuff across the street. And he bought me some beer. Uh, and two of the six pack he bought me are non-alcoholic beers, which I haven't tried yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> did you break his computer and throw yeah. the snow back? Yeah, did, no. did you, yeah, exactly. Did you break his window? <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, old man. <laughs> as uh, as Johnny Diamonds would know, what we did one night way back in the day was Whoa. Johnny Diamonds, Whoa. myself, okay. Rez. So see money knows Rez. Uh, and another gentleman. Uh, we were in the, uh, no, it wasn't Ake. It was somebody. Uh, I still think he's Egg. Yeah, <laughs> you call him Egg. It was somebody else, but we were in uh, the where where he lives, uh, Johnny Diamonds, now and before. And we passed by a friend's house who lived out there, Birdie, who who wasn't home at the time. And there was a nicely shoveled pathway, and we're drunk. And we're like, okay. And we de-shoveled his driveway where we put the snow back on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. You could see like the giant boot prints like in the snow for whatever. And I think it took like six months. It was like during the summer and somebody's like, hey, remember that night that you had a nice shoveled pathway and came home to shovel? We're like, why are you telling him now <laughs> during the summer when he can't get revenge on us? Yeah, so this article pretty much continues about the sales of non-alcoholic beer. Uh, Budweiser, Budweiser Zero. Zero. Company worked with Dwayne Wade to create Isn't a drink. Isn't that, that just full. regular Bud? Every everyday Budweiser it's, it's drink. More, it's, it's like, no, it's actual water. Yeah, I mean, they are, you know, sales are up for this, but to me, healthy marketing for the beer, I'm more enthusiastic about breweries trying to do clubs like Masorum and uh, Fixed Gear in Ontario that are... Uh, use the hashtag earn your beer, uh, which is they have like a cyclist club and things like that. I think that's better for remaining healthy while still enjoying beer with flavor. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I, I mean, I, we we could try a craft beer non-alcoholic night. There's a there's the Silver Carpenter brand that's brewed here in Quebec. And there's, I'm out of the show. 
uh, there's another brewery, but it's like Bière Sans Alcool. Okay. I, I mean, it's just to try it, you know, to experience I'd be, it. I'd be curious to try it, see yeah. what it is. Like, it has to start the show, though, because we can't. It's like. Can't finish on that. No, you can't no, finish no. on. Like, you're already drunk and you're like, this is not doing anything. I still <laughs> want to do an old school 40s night. Oh, <laughs> That's no, got to happen. We got to get you Edward 40 hands again. Oh, fuck, man. Don't. I almost died. <laughs> so that means he needs a second wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! No, keep it celebrate his uh, anniversary. anniversary yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. A special occasion. Yeah. I still don't believe that I drank that much just to eat a fucking burger. <laughs> yeah, I think it was worth it. <laughs> Two forty ounces of beer before I even got to put food in my stomach. Was it a cheeseburger? How? How? I don't how even far? remember, dude. Uh, At that point, I was so fucking like, just being able to put food in my mouth was heaven. <laughs> it was great because his hands are like it's a race against time. Yeah, because your hands are fucking freezing, freezing cold. Of course, because <laughs> you dicks, they, you dicks with it like fucking like yeah. asshole tape. Yeah, We're like ripping the hairs off my arm and shit like that. Oh, you should put the uh, what was it? The slap slap it on tape. What was it? Was uh, the, fuck, we were talking about this in the car today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, flex, flex seal. Yeah, <laughs> next time it's flex seal. So actually scrolling down the article, it actually mentions the whole uh, fitness and beer. So uh, low calorie, low alcoholic, non-alcoholic beer launches may be on the uptick, but health, fitness and beer have long been an interconnected relationship. Runners frequently celebrate the end of a race with a crushable can. Beer companies such as Bloomington, Indiana based Upland Brewing are known to sponsor amateur cycle teams, cycling teams and local breweries often host annual 5K fun runs such as Mayflower Brewing Company holiday themed races in Plymouth, Mass. Uh, most recently, breweries have found more creative ways to draw in new health-conscious consumers without sacrificing flavor or ABV. In September, Lawson's Finest Liquids, Waitsfield, Vermont, launched a Strava Club for cycling fans to help publicize the release of their Little Sip IPA, 6.2% ABV ale with notes of grapefruit and pineapple. After completing a waiver, participants can track and log their bicycle rides, which enters them into competition for brewery swag. See, I'm more of a fan of this. Than zero ABV, low alcohol beer. Riding for swag? Yeah. yeah. Uh, our work did something like that. Um, track your, your walking uh, early pandemic. It was like track your walking and whoever had the most steps won. Or you join like points. Uh, yeah. You get a Fitbit and you join one of those. Like, yeah, we, we have something called willpower where it's like that. It's all yeah. these courses and you can win so, company yeah. swag. Yeah. Uh, joining a local brewery Strava Club and giving low calorie IPA option for a favorite brewer a chance in all cases drinkers have more variety and more high quality health conscious options now than before 2020 that makes sense yeah yeah i don't know how there's gonna be a few low alcohol beers but i don't i don't know i don't predict this trend being a, a long-term thing i like the i like the lug tread 2.5 i actually thought it was nine oc money fucking hated it there yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I tried it would i i don't know i guess if our lifestyles go back to a what it was before like yeah maybe for a sporting event or if you're downtown you're gonna have a beer before you go home you don't exactly get or something, up, you something like that yeah but for me it wasn't it wasn't the percentage that was the problem you just didn't the like taste. the taste yeah you didn't like the taste I, I didn't find that i didn't find it that different honestly yeah i'm, I'm wondering if you got a skunk one c money maybe because you have to go you have to go back and get another one or yeah. i have different tastes <laughs> yeah because like <laughs> just speaking with hop happy blog he did a whole uh, him and his friends tried eight of the low calorie beers and they gave each one a rating. And I think Mill Street, Big Little Lager was their favorite. So, so yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys. It sounds like we're all preferred people of exercise or like hashtag 
as they say, hashtag earn your beer, which is exercise and then drink. Just drink responsibly. Yeah, that too. Just don't uh, don't overdo it. Don't, yes, and like so now the they were PR all stuck at home. Now they were all stuck at home. Find a way to exercise. <laughs> yeah, do healthy the P- stuff. The PR agent in me says <laughs> the image is very fucking stupid because if you drive your bike around, that shit's gonna burst with all the freaking shit <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> can. So there you go. It's like why is why is it like yeah. did you pee yourself? No, that my can, bike's jizz. My beer can exploded. So I don't know what Waitsfield, Vermont is like, but most of Vermont is mountains and stuff. So <laughs> well, don't do it in Germany. You're going to get fucking arrested. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to find eh, all in all. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're more the uh, earn your beer type of people than drink low calorie beer. But speaking of what these guys at Vinepair were saying, beers of the future from the growler, uh, which I'm a fan of four Ontario craft beer leaders predict the future of beer. Uh, this article came out January 2021, so a month ago from this recording. So this is uh, obviously they added a whole pandemic factor into this article. After the government ordered breweries to close their tap rooms last spring, new doors opened. Archaic alcohol restrictions loosened in Ontario only so that you can now order beer with your Uber Eats dinner or grab a selection of alcohol from a brewery or indie bottle shops. Plus, craft brewers themselves are leaning into the virtual space in a much deeper way, offering us new tasting experience and doorstep beer delivery. It's arguably now the best time in history to be a craft beer drinker in Ontario. (laughs) But when the pandemic is over, what will our beer culture look like? What will last and what will fall? We asked four Ontario craft beer leaders to predict the future of beer. Do you guys want to make any quick uh, predictions? uh? Yeah, uh, we're going to have a Keurig-style beer machine, so any idiot can just throw shit in <laughs> and like and make it affordable-ish. Well, that was the so Pico like a, brew. Yeah, but like a, yeah. a, like a 199 Pico. So what we basically said we would buy the Pico for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just or make it range. like make it mass market, I guess. Make it, make it soda stream. Yeah, yeah, soda stream it. And I, I'm guessing, uh, and and uh, boutique Cheers, the one I order from, already does this. But the pairing of the cheese and all that, and then make it like um, make it something that you ship. So it's like a like almost like a good food thing, but with beer and food pairing. Okay, Phil, see money. Any possible predictions of 2021 and beyond for craft beer in, let's say. I mean, let's say Quebec. I think they're going to probably try to do more delivery, like kind of old school mention. Maybe, maybe not necessarily the food pairings, but like get their get get away from having to come on site to get their beers and actually figure out a, a shipping strategy. So delivery services. Yeah, but like something that's actually reputable and not like shipping to only the immediate city that you're in, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Phil. Yeah, I can see like sort of what the craft tap is. Attempting to do right, some national Amazon of beer type of deal where I, I would I would actually yeah I would actually say they would take it one step like a smart thing to do would be when they talk about their their tastings so going off of what old school said is they ship out these tastings mm-hmm. but then you actually join an online class to actually review yeah. with them so, so it's not just like you get it on your own but you actually sit into an online class and learn about the things that you're working with. So virtual Zoom tastings, virtual virtual yeah. like yeah. Zoom beer brewing classes. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. And you can um, branch it off into like you know, like um 
there was like these uh well there used to be uh the loot crate right but hmm? that, that went under but then but even then like for horror fans you get like uh you can sign up to these clubs where it's like oh they send you like a horror pack every month or oh, just ra- random horror, things yeah but if you're not into horror they can try like something else but like these like subscriptions to these like it's like bacon of the month where they send you like exactly. 20 types of different bacon yeah or- so yeah. so subscription services yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I would like that more. There is one, but it's uh, it's not like super high. Uh, it's small batch dispatch, I think, and they're based in Ontario. Yeah. But thankfully, they ship to Quebec. So, yeah. all right, but let's then, see. But it's like not only beer. Yeah, I would I would pair it with cheese, like charcuterie yeah. and hot sauces. Even yeah, stuff like I, that. I think we need more of the craft tap subscription. We need more of them. We need like, oh, I want a subscription. I want my subscription service this month to be, or not this month, but I want it to rotate between provinces. So I'll get beers from BC, then Alberta, then Manitoba, then Saskatchewan, then this province, then that province. And it has to like, it rotates across Canada. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, you see a lot of like, you know, for if you're a craft beer enthusiast, you're doing a lot of hands-on doing research, looking up what beer, uh, where to get this, like to, to make it almost spoon fed so that you just, you have a subscription and you know, they're going to send you good quality stuff that you've yeah. never tried before. Yeah. And so you don't even need to think about it. It just comes in once a month. You get a bunch of beers yeah. to try. Yeah. Like the first month you get like your, your basic pack. So you rate them like, oh, I, I like this beer more than that beer and blah, blah, blah. And then like they can cater your, your service to that. Yeah, but just a lot of like get rid of that manual like all the searching stuff you got to do and there's some people who like that and obviously they're gonna look at this and say oh fuck this shit back in my day i used to google search my own beer <laughs> like other people just want spoon they just want it easy and they want to you know they want to be surprised it's almost like the equivalent of flipping a movie that's playing on tv and just watching it because you don't want to think about it yeah See, like the image they're showing. So the image will be in the show notes for those who want to look at it. It's like a subscription pack of of local, of buy local. It's there's a coffee shop, there's sausage, there's cheese, there's six beers from the minimum for what I can see. And it looks like either pretzels or peppers or something. And that dude has really fucking hairy arms in that picture. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. that's it's fucking like, gross. Wow. It's like the same colors as black gloves. <laughs> So this is something I'd like where it's, you know, you're by local where I could get dry sausage from BC, Alberta, along with beer pairings for that. That's what I'd like to see. So well, let's see what these uh, four craft brewers from Ontario say. So first person craft breweries will be Ontario's foodie depeneurs. Uh, so convenience stores for those who don't know what a depeneur is. This is from Tej Jordan Sandhu, co-founder and owner of Merit Brewing Company. Early this summer, after the Ontario government relaxed alcohol rules and allowed craft breweries to carry alcoholic beverages from other producers, we started a wine and cider program here at Merritt. We quickly found a sweet spot bringing in a rotation offering of bottles from natural, bio, and low-intervention Ontario and global winemakers and cideries that reflects the same values and consumption preferences as the people drinking our beer. We have a barrel-fermented Chardonnay, Ooh, from local producers, Rosewood Estates Winery, alongside more of their esoteric offerings, plus an international selection that includes the Blau Frankish from Mein Klang, an iconic Austrian natural wine producer. We're doubling down on the program because it's been so successful. Currently, it makes up 8 to 10% of our sales. One of the coolest parts about it is that these products haven't cannibalized our own beer sales. 
People are not grabbing wine instead of six young rival IPA. They're grabbing the wine as well. In future, a craft uh, craft brewery's retail store will act as a one-stop specialty bottle shop. And if it has a kitchen, it will likely self-sell prepared food options to match. New breweries will build out retail shops with this new product mix in mind. And I think it'll be a very cool shopping experience for craft beer drinkers. I like this idea personally. I know Dominion City is starting to do a thing in Ottawa where they have, uh, they're called Friends of Dominion. So there's their two or three main fridges of their beer. And then there's a fridge or two on the side of friends of theirs in the Ottawa region. Yeah, I mean, it works out if it's a, a cooperation. Like, flip it on the winery side, like, if they sell, like, a few selection of craft beers too, I mean, get that exposure out there. Yeah, or the cideries sell crafts, yeah. everything as well. Bring it all together. It's time for that, you know. Yeah, we were in uh, Nova Scotia, and they had a cidery and a brew pub, like, together. So you'd go have your flight of beers from their side and walk five feet and go to the cidery and then drive flight of cider. Yeah, we need, unfortunately, our, our laws kind of prohibit that kind of stuff here uh, in Quebec. Uh, but it's it's honestly, <laughs> I hate to say it, but, you, you know, Doug Ford's doing a great job in Ontario for these alcohol producers. So... I mean, they're open for business. Yeah, they are open for business. But we have a man who doesn't believe that racism exists in Quebec. So, yeah. Systemic racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the rent's cheap, right, old school? Exactly. But buying a house is not. Nope. (laughs) Uh, Next person, uh, hopeful future interview of the All Beer Inside YouTube channel from Erica Campbell. She says beer festivals will go micro and offer at-home tasting experiences. This is by Erica Campbell, co-founder and co-organizer of the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. Who uh, my girlfriend has a glass from. Uh, Large beer fests are not happening anytime soon, but people Mm. are still looking for ways to connect over beer. Yay. Once we get past the second wave, once we get past, in my opinion, the third, fourth, fourth, whatever, however many waves we get until we're immunized, uh, we'll start to see intimate micro beer events cropping up, especially outdoors. I envision them as 50 to 100 attendees and more of a curated beer experience, perhaps featuring beers from one brewery or highlighting one beer style. Ticket prices will be higher to account for the new costs of PPE and staggered entry with shorter session sessions will let waves of folks attend while social distancing. Some events might hand out drink drinking friendly masks equipped with flaps to enable mask sipping through a straw at the door to prevent the spread of the virus. All right, this sounds really complicated. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really complicated. Oh, so the price of the ticket is $200, uh, but it's $100 for your mask? What? (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to work. You have to just, for it to work, you have to make it easy for the people. Plus, you shouldn't shouldn't be drinking beer through a straw. You miss out all the points of drinking the beer then with all the you need the nose of the beer so yeah you can you can do 50 socially like distance and stuff like that it's i go go that route don't mm-hmm. make it don't make it harder for people that are paying more already like jesus yeah like our beers beer festival should go back to the last location they were at where they could easily socially distance but no we have to go into a hundred year old train station where you could barely fit 250 people we just do it outside like if you yeah. actually don't go back to the Palais de Congrès do it in the uh, do it in the the outdoor section where the that was the best the, or the international section and yep. it's, and then that's at where that I point, first tried the kangaroo actually yeah. 
And at, at that point, since you were there, just take over all of Chinatown because no one's going there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or take over the entire old port. Yeah. So, uh, to continue serving the communities that we've worked so hard to build, a handful of event organizers are offering beer experiences for home delivery. This fall, Sour Palooza and Bo's Oktoberfest shipped tasting boxes with unique beers to people's homes and hosted a live virtual fest to sip along. At the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies headquarters, we pivoted from hosting in-person events to launching a Beer Squad Mystery Box concept, a bi-monthly box jammed full of beer, cider, spirits, and artisan goods from women, small businesses we love. From Okay, there is a misspelling. I'm not losing my mind. From oh, that's, how, that's how you spell it. Uh, that's how you spell women. It's W-O-M-X-N? It's, yeah, it's an inclusive way. Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, small businesses we love with a $500 donation to Black Women in Motion with each round. The first box sold out in one hour, so we doubled the amount for the second round. They sold out in 24 hours. In fact, all three of these experiences sold out, showing a thirst for unique curated beer products. We'll see some event organizers making these products a permanent offering as a way to keep the festival vibe going year round. Yeah, that's essentially what Loot Crate was because it's all the swag that you get at the conventions. Yeah. So you get that feeling of like getting a t shirt, getting like a toy and all that. So, yeah. Swag is everything, man. If you do uh, good swag, people will rock that shit everywhere. You'll get your brand out super quick. That's exactly um, is a Simpsons episode on, on replay this week. It's like Homer goes to a convention and he's just grabbing all the swag <laughs> and like walking out with like thousands of people. He's like, oh, there's 200 keychains. I need all of them. Oh, there's 102 T-shirts. I better grab 100. So swag is the way to go. A brewery's social media manager will be as important as its sales manager. For, for the record, that's fucking stupid. And, and I'm going to say that for the reason that like no shit. Marketing PR, and sales go PR together. Person. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. Just, Thanks, Captain Obvious. From Tiffany A. Davy, co-founder and partner, High Seasons Co. Uh, so I believe this is she's involved with the BAOS uh, podcast. Okay. Uh, craft beer is largely a traditional industry, and the methods used to get beer into consumers' hands are driven by hardworking sales professionals on the ground. These individuals visit bars and restaurants with select beers in hand to convert them into clients, keep our LCBO shelves stocked, line up beer festivals, and schmooze with fellow industry folks. These tasks are mostly, if not all, offline. The pandemic, however, hasn't just changed these techniques. It's changed the entire playing field. Now, the majority of that work has to be done online. Many breweries were not well prepared for this system uh, seismic shift. Prior to COVID-19, the job of social media for many craft breweries often fell to the wayside. Undervalued as a sales tool and tasked to someone at the brewery who showed a slight interest in Instagram or even worse, not utilized at all. It's no mystery that the breweries have dominated Social have dominated social prior to COVID-19 seem to thrive on the other side, while others have had to empty their tanks and close their doors. Actually, I haven't heard of a lot. Have you guys heard of any craft brewery in Quebec that's failed? Uh, not really. No, I, I know there's one. I've heard cutbacks. I've heard cutbacks, but I've yeah, not yeah. heard that flat out like shutting, shutting their doors. Mm-hmm. No, I, I've uh, speaking with Troy, his sales have gone up. Oh, yeah, that makes so, sense. Uh, but now he he legit said, he's like, well, I was just making the regulars, but now the fact that I'm making a new beer every week, mm-hmm. people are coming in and buying. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a that's, lot of, yeah. that's more the key than anything else. I know Abe and Herb in Ontario failed, but they tried to grow faster than they could even possibly think of doing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to open like five locations within six months of being a business. That's stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then there was one that was already like, it was already like on the way out before yeah. uh, COVID. And then COVID just was nailed, the final nail in the coffin. So, right. yeah. No. Uh, okay. To survive, breweries are radically expanding their sales methods, a trend that will continue post pandemic. Your craft brewery will have an always open online presence populated with beer fans who are ready to support the business and owners that they love. Crucial to the success of this vision, an expert social media manager who is just, excuse me, as essential as the brewery sales manager. The breweries that staff up for online to connect with and sell great products to consumers will thrive in the post-pandemic world because COVID-19 has changed where and how we shop for beer. And connect with craft breweries now, not just for now, but forever. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know about reaching new people, but it's just, I guess it's communication with your regulars at that point. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, Third Moon opened during the pandemic. And when we went there, most of their beer was sold out. Well, exactly. Uh, we pulled up and there was a guy in a pickup whose entire cab, the back of his truck, oh, was yeah. being loaded with beer. <laughs> yeah, that was so. ridiculous. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like, well, okay. Okay. It's like, we're here for the interview. Oh, yeah. I'm just helping this guy with uh, putting his beer in the back of his truck. What? What? So. all, all Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at that point, it's like, you got your regulars, right? You've got your message out there. Just maintain that. If you're already at the LCBO shelf, you've done your marketing already. I don't, I don't know at that point, like how much social media helps besides announcing the new products. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, really I, I mean, it really depends. The, the only way I kept looking for like the Nickelbrook, uh, their yearly like bastard releases, yes. I had to keep looking at their Instagram to see when it was out. Yeah, exactly. So, That's it. but you're already you're already like hooked in, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's about like your beer availability. I think it's more about your actual events that you throw down. Yeah. Uh, and finally, e-commerce could save Ontario breweries this winter. Uh, from Mallory Jones, owner, co-founder, and president of Matron Fine Beer. I've never heard of these people. Yeah. In the fluctuating landscape of 2020, many bi- many business owners are facing the biggest challenges of their careers. For those of us in the brewing world, this has taken the form of navigating what feels like ever-changing sales channels. Mandated business closures during the initial months of the pandemic made online sales a vital channel. The demand for contactless delivery of affordable luxuries like craft beer from niche breweries soared as we all reached for some form of tangible comfort then came summers <laughs> <You> get drunk <laughs> yeah uh, then came summers warmer weather and reduced restrictions which dramatically shifted things online sales tapered off as staycations and domestic travel ramped up now with the first snow dumps well we've already had what our third it's been it's been okay this year. Yeah. To be uh, now with the first snow dumps of the years, we're seeing an increase in government regulations, decreased travel, and frigid patio weather, which is forcing a shift in how and where we can sell our beer yet again. The ease of online shopping combined with to-your-door delivery is now vital to our survival as an industry. At Matron, I'm going to say Matron. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, we've learned to adapt to the rapidly changing market. We've leaned into online sales and home delivery. In fact, we predict that to make up for the shortfall in bar and restaurant sales, breweries will need to sell up to half of their beer online this winter to survive. On the flip side, you, the craft beer drinker, have gained incredible access to the majority of Ontario breweries. Whether it will be shopping directly from the brewery's website or supporting one of the many independent bottle shops that have sprung up, these alternatives do, however, come with added costs like paying for shipping or paying a markup for the convenience cost of getting hard-to-find cans at a boutique local 
bottle shop. Survival for destination breweries like ours hinges on drinkers embracing their newly found access to craft beer from these emerging channels and being open to a slight increase in price to support them. Yeah, so as somebody who would be very happy to be able to purchase beer from my local couple of breweries and have it delivered on, let's say, a Monday or Tuesday, I'd be so much happier if Quebec did that. Imagine if Masorum had to deliver. Uh, Yeah, I don't think they will. Because so I know for the Ontario breweries, one, it's at their option Uh, Mm -hmm. Two, uh, from what I've seen, it's area breweries. So if it's an Ottawa brewery, they'll deliver within Ottawa if you spend $50 or more. Uh, Same thing for Toronto. Uh, They actually the breweries in Toronto on their websites have if here's the first three digits of your postal code, here's the days we deliver and here's what it costs you up to how much. Some places are like, if you spend like 150 bucks, it's free delivery across Ontario. You know, and I I know, I don't know about Phil. I'm pretty sure C-Money has. I've spent $300 in LCBO on beer. Usually every time I go, I'm dropping at least two bills. Yeah. So imagine getting that from your favorite Quebec brewery. You're just like, oh, they delivered to my postal code this week. Okay. Uh, on Wednesday. So I'll order Monday before noon and my beer shows up Wednesday and I could drink on the weekend. It's just that convenience, right? Yeah. Honestly, this is this is something for Amazon to tackle. This is something that Amazon can like broker the right right shipping deals with the appropriate places and then create these packages and have like next day delivery and shit like that. They gotta they gotta talk to Joey Cohen and Telecom. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's who they use. <laughs> Old school, you've been awfully quiet, buddy. I agree. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Voice, voicemail machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just push the button. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying, like I've spoken with Jordan St. John, who's a big beer name in Ontario. Two breweries have failed in 2020. That's a fantastic number. Yeah, I think most of them just survive on the regulars at this point. And yeah. The regulars, if they're committed, then pretty much like every week or so, we'll get some some beers from, from them. So it, it, it all works out. And I don't know. I don't think, I don't think the... Operations cost at this point is like extremely high for most places. No, oh, that's it. Um, you know, most of them they do have a bit of customers, but I, I'd, I'd assume a large amount of the pe- of the people come in and take the beer to yeah. le- to go. So, <laughs> see what what blows my mind is a company like Third Moon Brewing that opened during the pandemic. Nobody had idea how their beer was, and they're selling out on a regular basis. But that's social media too. Like it's not their social media, but it's just social media like word of mouth. Right? Could also be location. Yeah, right. yeah they're, they're the they don't have anybody in, around. Typically. They're only one in that in that area. So exactly, it works out for them. But and then plus the fact that they make fantastic beers adds to it. Yeah, plus they're selling to that UFC crowd with all the skulls and bones and, and stuff on on their uh, labels. <laughs> That's great. I mean, look, uh, Masorum, their first uh, couple of months when they went to online sales, like they were regularly selling out. Has anybody opened it? Well, Fifth or Saint Gambaron opened during the pandemic. In Quebec, they're doing really well. They're producing, I mean, I'm seeing at least two to three new beers every other week in a store or beer stores. So, you know, like the PR guy was saying, it's all about your social media. <laughs> I think it's the more, the more important part is having new stuff. Yeah. It's just generating that interest again. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, our group likes to try new beers. Exactly. That you have your favorites, but like, honestly, would you pay that much for like just your favorites again? Or you get your favorites and you, you add on like... I'm a creature of habit, but I like yeah. to try new stuff too. Yeah, exactly. It's like our, our LCBO runs. We get our favorite beers from Ontario, but then you get all the new stuff that's coming out. 
But yeah, I mean, it's old school. It's like, get me this blueberry ale, get me this peanut butter, and then uh, grab me some like two or three other beers. To yeah, try. that's it. So like every time we go to like I don't know Four Origins, you get our favorites, and then like, oh, what's new? Okay. Yeah. Well, that was it. I mean, uh, when the last time we were in the tap room uh, as a group, it's like, okay, I'm gonna try that new beer. I'm gonna try that new beer. Okay. And now just keep giving me the crumpet. Every time I come back up, give me that British ESB because that's all I want. Because that's my favorite beer from you. So, I so mean, make the future make new beers. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe the one thing that they missed was make, make new beers keep and making new beers. A lot of it, a lot of it is like they were talking about what's like, I guess, how they're going to survive this part, but they don't really predict the future of, of beers, like where it's going. Yeah. What is this trending post? Craft beer wedding inspo? Uh, have you ever been or maybe thrown a craft beer wedding? We're not just talking a wedding that served craft beer, but let's face it, that's basically every wedding these days. We're talking about a wedding that put the couples loved for craft on show. Maybe it was held at, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, you get your own. Uh, yeah, you get gig. your own. Well, that's uh, Mill Street. Um, Mill Street in Ottawa. I went to a wedding there and, and uh, you get your own cask. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, that is actually pretty fun. Well, I mean, Scruff had lugs. Uh, lug tread, I mean. So this is something that I would want to do. I'd obviously have to have also, like what our wedding. open hard alcohol, but yeah. yeah. Also, what what are weddings? What happened to weddings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should ask the wedding photographer. Oh, wait. Uh, good times. Okay. You guys want to check out a Kickstarter? Okay. So uh, let's do a Kickstarter here. I found uh, a drinking horror movie uh, for the Kickstarter. It's called Locals Only. Let's play the Kickstarter video. And here's the Kickstarter video. Locals Only accounts the tragedy that befell a group of Groms on an idyllic sunny afternoon. In particular, Jane Powers, Sam Bava, and their burnout buddy, Boom Dooder. The group of friends went searching for the perfect wave, but what they met was unspeakable madness and the macabre. Their story is the same as any who surfed Redwater Cove. It's a massive bummer. Hello, my Wait, name so is that the whole video? I am the writer and director of Locals Only. I've also been writing, directing, and acting for the past four years in film school. Now, when it came to making my well, final first film, film school, I wanted to make something please that help I we love. Please help, we broke. Have it be yeah. a story that I can tell. So I thought about what I love. Um, that's the beach. It's slashers from the 70s and 80s. I also love surfers and surf rock music. So I said, hey, let's mix it all together. And so I did. And I wrote Locals Only. <laughs> hey, Liam, what's Locals Only, man? You gotta tell us. I'm so glad you asked. It is a horror comedy about two girls who drive up to Northern California looking for the perfect wife. They stumble across Redwater Cove and they actually do find the perfect wave. 
But what they also find is the Ripper. He is a half-dead surfer tethered to the coast, and he hunts down anyone who shreds in the water. It feels like those 70s and 80s slashers that you guys know and love, but also brings in a whole new culture to make something that you've never seen before. We have an amazing cast and crew. Gabby Elise. Okay. Medulla Kikrishan, Peter Hoffman. Music by Warrington. Our DP is great. Our producers are amazing. I just need your help. I just need the extra push. And that push, it's money. It's, money. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's money. I mean, making a movie's tough, but making a movie in a pandemic is extra tough, especially when you want to keep everybody safe. So that's why I'm here. I hope you guys will donate below. If you check out the Indiegogo, you will see how we reuse every single cent. Um, with your guys' help, we can make something that is really cool and that will really last. Thank you, goodbye, please donate, and stay safe. So that's uh, Locals Only. The reason I picked it is because like, it's a hand holding a beer coming out of the wave. So what do you guys think so far of just the video? What's more, it's more how to spend that money. Uh, so your options or the perks... So as you mentioned, this is on Indiegogo. It'll be in the show notes. As of recording, there's 30 days left. So far, they've raised 2,169 Canadian dollars, and they're looking for 11,354 uh, $11, on 25 backers. Uh, there's the Fiverr. It doesn't say. There's You're getting nothing. Locals. What's that? <laughs> You're getting nothing. Give me money. That's yeah. it. Yeah. The dub, it doesn't say. <laughs> 30 bucks US gets you a signed script. It doesn't actually say. Maybe it's uh, later it's on. Probably, it's probably later in the time. Yeah. Well, I'm also go. seeing that this is this is his like final school project. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, uh, yeah, just budget it <laughs> as if you were doing your final school thesis. Project. This is your thesis, buddy. Yeah. Like, oh shit! Okay. She was in Teen Wolf. I mean, probably a bit... TV show. Okay, the this cast. Is, this is like reading the back of a like a B movie DVD yeah. box where yeah. like they're listing all their credits, like they were like a bit actor on anything. Yeah. So Gabrielle Elise was on HBO Max's Snatchers, Teen Wolf, and Modern Family. For like a combined three seconds. Madhulik Krishan was on F.U. Woody Allen and Pop Music High. Okay. Uh, Peter Hoffman was Buck Tucker, Killer Siblings. And of course, The Ripper doesn't say. Then there's a crew. All right. Here's the budget breakdown. Uh, 2,400. It's hard to make out the colors. Come on. Sleeping uh, arrangements. Are we yeah. paying for this guy's rent at school? Yeah, they're going to the beach. Uh, let's see. So the breakdowns are Sleep for permitting, sleeping arrangements, <laughs> crafty rentals, film, transportation, COVID testing, product design, and special effects. Special effects is only like that's 300 bucks. That's where I'm out. It's like you're, you're asking us to pay for your permits. Uh, that's that's where I'm out. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done. This guy's your second biggest budget is film. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking digital. Yeah. Just just shoot just shoot gorilla style. Like Jesus what's stopping Christ. you? Like it's just, supposed just to be shitty film. Yeah. Just, That's like, no point. one's asking you to shoot on 16 millimeter anymore. Exactly. <laughs> just grab your uh, iPhone. Throw a filter on. Man, it's yeah. this millennial mentality of everybody's got to pay a shit for me. You can, you tell me all those people can't get together and get eleven grand for like a project they like. Yeah, you don't want to spend. You don't even want to spend that money. Go bake cookies and fucking sell them. Eleven yeah. grand, you can save that even if you're like 
working a, a regular job, you could save five grand, six grand a year. You could easily pay for this. Yeah, for sure. This guy's like what I liked about it in the beginning was it reminded like the way he's kind of approaching everything from the movie. It kind of reminded me of my days and like, you know, putting together shitty film stuff when I was yeah. in uh, school doing the same thing. But like the moment you turn around and you start talking to me, like if you're going to show your budget, mm-hmm. you got to do better than this. Yeah. You got to, you got to set it up. Like when you, when you show me that over 25% of your budget is sleeping arrangements, yeah, what's I'm not that paying about? your rent, you piece of shit. That's, yeah. I think one of the big downfalls is he's trying to film in California. I think if he was in another state, it wouldn't be as bad. Like if you were to go to Georgia, actors somewhere you run, else, yeah. you run and gun it. You drive to the beach, you run and gun it. And then you come back. You, How you fucking rent a camper and sleep yeah. out of it for a week while you shoot. Yeah, you sleep in the car or whatever. Like your actors are like, whatever, baby. I factor it in, but like, Jesus. $2,400 for sleeping right yeah. That's basically like two weeks at a hotel. Yeah. Versus what? 300 bucks that you're spending on special effects? Yeah. Well, it's, so it's listening to guys like Lloyd Kaufman. His fans are so loyal. Like they slept in like an abandoned haunted hospital on floors just That's so they could you, like have a moment effort yeah, yeah no like fuck it read that read the book read a book about like was it rebels on the back lot which is like tarantino rodriguez yep. and all that stuff read yep. a book about corman because he would fucking shoot a, a feature-length movie in, in like a weekend yeah <laughs> and we use all the sets and everything well, like, even figure it out yeah trauma read uh make make your own damn movie yeah just figure it out like kevin smith put movie on his credit card yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but, he, but he was smart because he, he shot it. He shot it exactly where he worked. He shot it at his workplace, so he worked the day shift. Yeah, and then when the store closed, he shot it at night because yeah. it's a free location. Like I'm even I'm even mad here about this COVID testing. Why are you spending a thousand bucks on COVID testing? Well, yeah. COVID testing is super standard now. Yeah, but when was it ever charged? Well, it's it's being charged now. Privatized where? in the states, I think. Yeah. <sighs> Like, I don't know if you watched SNL last week with uh, Dan nope. Levy, like the joke with the COVID testing. She's walking around with a pool noodle. Six feet. Stay six feet away. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. OK, I saw that. Yeah. But no, uh, I mean, just look at the Tom Cruise freak out because one guy like took off his mask for a minute. I We're trying to keep this fucking industry alive and you fucking people. I'm yeah. trying to fucking keep these people employed. <laughs> so. Even then they were supposed to shoot two, two of them back to back. And that's yeah, but he shows like no work of his own. Like, uh, he's a film student. He's a film student. How do I know his, this is uh, like not going to be a giant tub of shit? Yeah, his, his own promo video looks like there's no lighting or anything. Like, if you put money for like rental of lights and shit, maybe. Here's what these fuckers got to start doing: yeah. is giving you equity mm-hmm. and say, "Listen, I want a thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks, but I'm going to give you fucking a percent of the sales. I'm going to give you a free movie." Uh, you could talk with the actors, not like a signed script. No, exactly. God, it's so stupid. It's like I print print out paper with my name on it. Yeah. It's like no, like you're investing in my movie. I'll give you some of the proceeds. Yeah. If we if the if they sell the rights or whatever, you get a cut. Yeah. Uh, so it's the breakdowns. Fair. You don't uh, even get like. I don't even see like you getting a like not even a, a fucking DVD copy. Well, <laughs> so here's what I find. Kind of funny. Uh, so the first time you actually get a copy of the movie is uh, with a $550 donation and you get a VH copy of the film. That's like half of the budget. 
Exactly. Uh, a digital and VHS copy and an exclusive early look at the movie. Uh, for $1,000, you get executive producer credit. You know what? For 550 bucks, send me the script. I'll shoot it for you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, 550 can go a long way. I'll go to Oka or something, find a beach, and <laughs> shoot it there. Yo, we did Daddy Dumbface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that made mad, mad coin. Yeah. <laughs> One of the perks, uh, I think it's, yeah, killed off in the first act. Oh, it's a t-shirt. I thought it was like, actually, you get on set for like a hundred bucks to be they're murdered. having so much trouble with COVID. I don't think they're flying anyone. Yeah. Anymore. But e- even to your point, Carp, right there, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect thing. Pay to be an extra. Yeah. Right? You want to get you're your in the movie. seconds of fame. Yeah. You're in the movie. Yeah. You get, you're, you're in it for literally like two seconds, but you're the guy getting like fucking slashed in the face or something like, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen movie, movie Kickstarters and Indiegogo's where it's like uh, for a thousand dollars, you're in the movie. We're going to give you three lines, but mm-hmm. you have to fly yourself out and you have to pay for your own board at room and board. Yeah. So. Cause you don't even get producer credit until you get to $1,000 for like the exclusive, like the executive producer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not even, not- that's not even for this movie. It says for the next cult horror classic. Yeah. So, so it's not even for this one. Yeah. Which is not even the role of an executive producer. No, exactly. It's like I paid for an executive producer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like uh, so as somebody who's uh kickstarted a film, it was a trauma film. It was uh 50 bucks. I got a signed Blu-ray and my name in the in the credits as like a thank you. Yeah. So that's what most people ask for. That's yeah. but it's, it's an established brand trauma. You know what yeah, you're getting. Exactly. You, just, yeah. you know what the fuck these guys are gonna do. I kick in like twenty bucks. You give me a link to the YouTube and stuff like that. Just uh, with shits and giggle. But you giving me none of this. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, shits and giggles or the Vimeo or whatever. Like yeah, like something. Like get like I'm helping a kid out. Like did you like did you graduate film school? Good for you. Something like that. Yeah. Feel good story. Like you get none of this. No, twenty you mean- gets you a sticker. And a shout out on social media. Fuck off. 25 should be like interview with the cast. Like a 10, you spend 10 minutes talking with the director, yeah. the cast. Like, exclusive, like it's not hard to set up. Like people have those like full day stream of like the whole filming process and stuff like that. Like they did that in like the early 2000s. Like Jesus, figure it out. Yeah. Kickstarter's really shifted from like a DVD, like a DVD and, and your name in the credits for 50 bucks to. Like the fifty dollar, oh, the closest to a fifty dollar deal here is you get a digital download of the score yeah. for sixty nine dollars. Yeah, no, this 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 is all messed up. Fuck this guy. These, these guys have no fucking clue yeah. on how. To that's why. That's why they're not the, they're not hitting their target. Yeah. No, it, it, they're per uh, the rewards aren't worth it. If the rewards were better, I would probably go for. Yeah, it'd feel nice to help out a kid. Like maybe he yeah. he makes it big one day. I don't know. It's a feel good story, but at this point, you give me no in. Yeah, but he's one, he's one of a fucking million, right? Yeah, so I mean, like- the only beneficial thing in this is that the Ariana, Ariana Grande look alike, but that's it. Yeah, yeah she's but, you, hot. but then you know who she is, so you can cast her in your own movie. Yeah, exactly. It's not like she has a freaking uh, major contract with yeah. him. Also, also, like, are we getting scammed? Is this a feature length movie? Or is this a short film? No, I think it's feature length. Well, for slashers back then, a principal photography, like crowdfunding fees, and reward perks for local only. It's a short, a short film. film. Proof of Proof concept. concept. You're not even. Oh, shut up! Shut <laughs> up! Double shut. fuck this guy. This shut is a hundred percent. We're paying for his school. Yeah. For his 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 rent yeah. while he does his <laughs> thesis to try to get his marks. Like yeah. what a tool. Yeah. 
no, no, I'm I'm out. Yeah, it sounds like we're all out. I I thought switching to a film, and the reason I picked it was because the poster has like a guy holding a can of beer, but there's nothing no. concerning beer here. I would have like, I, I would have backed this easily, but then everything else was like no, yeah, no way. Oh well, another one that's a failure. I like see money said I should start my own, but um, what exactly? I don't even think I could do what we have enough content to start a Patreon. So I'll, I'll help you with it, with my PR skills. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, that's it for the evening. Uh, that's all I could think of. Uh, we'll save uh, the tournament for an upcoming feature and possibly try and have a live tiebreaker on in BB. Uh, maybe we could do that since BB's also an 80s kid like the rest of us. Uh, and we'll save that tournament for next time. But uh, we're going to call the episode for today. We're going to start with plugs and final thoughts uh, for C-Money. Fuck. At this point, like, Phil's got to eat back my PR campaign for Carp's <laughs> new uh, new movie. We're going to put him up in, in school on a beach, and you're going to pay his rent. And, uh, yeah. That I could get behind. There you go. I'm all in for that. I mean, there's um, a condo on the waterfront in the old port with... I think it's a patio that's the size of a four and a half apartment, just the patio. Uh, it's only 1.7 million Canadian. So, you know, that's all. <laughs> well, the, the, the reality is we're still fucking in three feet of snow. So until we get out of this stupid freaking month, it's all the same shit. Yep. Uh, old school. So, yeah, I'm going to be taking a break from my podcasts for a little bit. So I'm going to actually give a shout out to uh, our buddy, Justin Summers. I'm not going to call him heavy anymore because he's changed his name. Uh, he interviewed Jackson Stone, who was a 2020 Impact Wrestling Gut Check winner. So for that is Black History Month thing. So check that out on the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Bill. Like C-Money said, I still need to eat. And uh, with Quebec being a curfew, uh, what better time to play video games? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> stay indoors. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, support us, support uh, Spearhead Games. Uh, if you like RPGs, uh, check out Stories of the Path of Destinies, Omen Sight, and if you want to, wishlist Project Witchstone on Steam. All those plugs will be in the show, no- show notes along with us. You could find the YouTube show, youtube.com slash allbeerinside, where you could watch me talk to people in the brewing craft beer industry. We're trying to break the US bubble. So, uh, sorry, we're trying to break the Canadian only bubble and I will be trying to get some American people, uh, American Instagrammers on as well, uh, before we can actually ever visit America again. America. Um, uh, as for myself at killer carpet DMS for the show at all beer inside everywhere else. And as we say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. Not crap. Here at All Beer Inside Incorporated, we're committed to bringing you the finest of beer tasting shenanigans. During our research and development, we strive to be on the cutting edge of whatever it is we do here. Our latest collection of sounds compiled by randomly singing and insulting each other have been clinically tested to ensure our golden caliber of excellence. And by clinically tested, I mean I got drunk and played them for this guy, Billy, who lives down the street. I think he works in a clinic. You can never tell with Billy. When you are listening to a All Beer Inside podcast, you should be confident of the fact that it is composed of vibrations that form a mechanical wave of pressure and displacement which travel through the air, where they are transmitted to your nerves and then relays information to your temporal lobe, where it is registered as sound. We guarantee to bring only the finest of beer tasting shenanigans with the comfort of our golden promise. They will always be between 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz, the range of human hearing. Go fuck yourself.
Nothing like an intermission to yell at your kids. Yeah, because I know that. Well, the ones that you know of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All zero of them. Please, dear God, let there be zero of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. You're <laughs> going to find out one day. You're going to be like, fuck! Why am I being asked to go to Mori? 